FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 260 of the podcast that goes snicked. Oh no, Mojo! (laughs) Yes, snicked. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, So, today has been a day. I I told Georgie and Dan earlier I'm I'm offering free birth control classes. (laughs) Uh, Hashtag toddler life. But anyway, um, of course I am Jason Venable. I'm joined once again by the fantastic Georgie and the lovely Dan from the Intercomics Podcast. Hey, guys. I'm fantastic. (laughs) I'm lovely. Yes. You guys are both fantastic and both lovely. But, you know, I think it'd be good to split them up. Um, Yeah, so we're going to talk about some Mojo and some Weapon X and some other stuff, too. Um, so, so what's been going on with you guys? <laughs> Sorry, it's still in silence. It's because you said we're talking about Mojo, and I just realized we're talking about Mojo. Yes. So I, had to have a, I had to have a moment to uh, compose myself. <laughs> Let it um, I've been good. I've been, I've been listening to Kate Bush in preparation uh, uh, to calm me down for before we start talking about <laughs> X-Men Gold and Blue. So um, I'm, in, I'm, I'm quite zen at the moment good good yeah I'm, I'm still alive after reading these books so That's yeah good. you know I'm really interested to see where we kind of stay in stuff with each other and where we digress a little bit on these, this episode but mm-hmm. um it'll be interesting so um Georgie before we recorded brought up a good point that because you guys did not get to talk with me, we kind of skipped over X-Men Blue number 12. Um, so just real fast, basically, uh, we wrapped up that Magic Beast story to, to show that it was really just a poorly constru- constructed story to get Bloodstorm on the team. Yes. Okay. So we're all in agreement with that? <laughs> I can't remember what happened, so yes. I'll see <laughs> All right, and that was X-Men Blue number 12. <laughs> it was shit. Six claws out of six, I say. <laughs> uh, someone's on shrooms. <laughs> well, I did say I was Zen. So. That's true, true. <laughs> Everything is one and six claws simultaneously. Oh, wow. <laughs> Think well, about it. Think about it's very it. Deep. Oh, man. <laughs> It's almost as deep as a Brian Singer X-Men film. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, wait a second. (laughs) Uh. Oh, so my DVR ate the second one, so I got to wait for it to be on demand. But um, what did y'all think? Has everyone watched the first episode of Gifted? I have. Me and Georgie talked about this. Georgie has not. Oh, okay. All right. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. It was fun. I think we came to the conclusion that it's infinitely better than Inhumans, but then again, what isn't? <laughs> I haven't watched that yet, so I don't know. <laughs> don't, honestly, Jason, just just not even for Lockjaw. Just 
Steve Norris. Wait, Lanchard's in it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and he, even he's bad just because he looks stupid. Next I hope it's not CGI. I really hope Lockjaw is just a regular bulldog with a fork uh, scotch taped to his forehead. I would have preferred. <laughs> I would have preferred that. They don't even have a fork on his forehead. It's a, it's like a birthmark tattoo. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. Oh. Fail. Burn it with fire. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I would totally watch a Lockjaw TV show if it was just him randomly teleporting people to their death. Yeah. No, I um, want like him and Miss Marvel. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, that was a one some of my favorite moments in Miss Marvel is her walking Lockjaw. I think I cannot talk today. Walking Lockjaw around on a leash, and you know that was good stuff. Not that yeah. he needs to be on a leash. I'm not not recommending the subjugation of the inhuman race or anything. That's all right. They have slaves. <laughs> right? But speaking of TV shows, I've been uh, catching up on, I guess there's no reason to disclaim it, just Hawkeye. Um, and I think a Kate Bishop Hawkeye TV show would be amazing. Sure. Just based, just, just rip it right out of the pages of that series. Just put that book on TV and watch the hell out of that. I'd, yeah. I'd buy that, but that, that's not what they'll do. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> they have to establish her somehow first, but yeah, after she's she's in in, in canon, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Well, what what can happen in in, in Avengers Infinity is that right. Clint, they can do a Jango Fett and Clint Barton's head gets chopped off <laughs> and it rolls into her lap and she just picks it up and she swears revenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are we going to have Zack Snyder direct that movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Why not? Uh. The rise and fall of Hawkeye. <laughs> it can be like just a vignette in the middle of the movie. <laughs> just randomly placed. Yeah. Someone goes, where does Hawkeye go? And then just cuts to him game mode. Completely changes the look and tone. The music changes everything. Like a whole separate little mini movie inside the movie. Yeah. I mean, a real slow, dark, uh, dark color palette and like right. really super serious music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or, or ridiculously over. Some <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Springsteen slowed down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I can see it. And the weird thing is, I feel like yeah. it would actually be a film that you would make. Oh, baby, um, I was born <laughs> to run. Bing, bing. Everything the the song broken down to one note piano chords. <laughs> <laughs> the slow mo is so much that his hour is just traveling. <laughs> like a, a slight millimeter per second of <laughs> I just want to point out guys that uh, this is how much we love Mojo. <laughs> We're just refusing to talk about it. Um, <laughs> well, actually, so so let's let's clear the palette. So we're going to talk about this. Mo- uh, oh no, Mojo Worldwide. Um, that has to be the title of the episode. Oh no, it's Mojo. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. But before we get there, I I have expressed my repeated disdain just in general for Mojo before on the episode, but I want to see 
not even talking about this story yet. Just what are, what are you guys coming into this with as far as your mojo feelings? Right, so when I think of mojo, I think of Spiral, I think of Longshot, I think of that, I think of the animated series, which right. I, it was the episodes I skipped. Um, <laughs> and, and bizarrely enough, and not to be topical, I think of Donald Trump. Um, mm. I'll just, just, I hate, I don't know, I just, I don't like mojo. There you go. Okay. I think of I I kind of enjoy those animated. I enjoy that whole series except for the final season, which is they they, they change the animation studios and it looks really rough. But did you not like the episode where Jubilee goes into a medieval world where all the X Men are medieval characters? How how dare you, sir? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that that season four or five or whatever it is is not it's, it's uh, but I enjoy those. I think it's maybe two episodes, Mojo episodes. Maybe, maybe for the performance, whoever is voicing Mojo is doing a wonderful job. Um, but you know, you know, when I was when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, he always liked that that noise that made it sound like he was squidgy and, and slimy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it just put me off. It's the reason I don't like Slimer. Just, uh, from and they do look alike slightly. Right. Um, they do. I just, they do. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like. It just makes him comfortable because I feel like he'd lift up his arms and just it'd just be disgusting. Sure. <laughs> I so I I do enjoy him in the animated series. I, I don't think they could use him for any more episodes. Like he, you can only have a little piece of him. Um, too much is too much of a bad thing. But um, when we read Jason, you and I read the X Babies. That was a slog to get through. Yes, it was. I, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And you know, it's funny cuz it gave me a little bit more appreciation seeing kind of just how creepy cuz now it's just kind of gross. But when you look at like the original Art Adams creation, it was also gross. But just the way he drew shadows and stuff, there was this very creepy factor to him. Um, right. Almost like a like a that sound maybe weird and may not connect, but almost like a Wes Craven esque, like I don't know, but, but yeah. So so that made me appreciate him maybe a hair more than normal, but I still just don't. I find I find the the commentary behind the story to be more interesting than the stories themselves. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's kind of like I don't know. I know y'all. Pro- I don't know. <clears throat> take a breath I know y'all probably guys aren't reading uh, the current action story but um, I've been really enjoying uh, the Superman Rebirth books and right. there's this Mr. Oz story going on right now um, it's kind of one of those same things that, like I really like the commentary of it about how self-destructive we are and how much hatred and stuff is in the world but the stories themselves when there's bad guys that like make people hate each other like just to me, those are just hard stories because they're hardly ever as subtle as God loves man kills, and usually not written as skillfully. And so I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things that sometimes there's a concept that works, but it doesn't translate well. And I think Mojo is one of those for me. Sure. But anyway, so that said, we have our first two chapters 
of Ono Mojo. Um, and X-Men Gold and Blue, lucky number 13s. Um, so, good place to start, right? Uh, so, Dan, why don't you hit us with uh, X-Men Gold? Well, actually, first, let's talk, because the covers are kind of just one big cover by Art right. Adams. Um, what did you guys think of our, our kind of double cover? I think, I think to be fair, if you're going to do nostalgia and X-Men, Art Adams kind of nails it slightly. Yeah. Like, if, it, if it's going with the whole sort of legacy and you've got the Phoenix on Blues and Apocalypse front and center on the other end, lots of Sentinels. I do actually like how it kind of mirrors the the, the two Wolverines mirroring yes, themselves. Is quite, yes, quite yes, fun. yeah. Um, I really dug his old man Logan. I thought Adams did a great old man Logan. Yeah, it's almost depressing to find out that he's not going to draw him inside. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but I quite I quite like just like the mirroring of it all, like the lightning from one sent- sentinel on the far left of mm-hmm. gold to the lightning on the other sentinel on the far right, and like the little ice and. Things that just travel over, I, I kind of, I quite like it, to be honest. Yeah. Is it making a circle, or is there going to be another cover? Like, is the next gold cover going to continue to swipe right? I don't, I don't know. Because I was thinking maybe Gene's the X. Fire's the X. Oh, okay. The, the Phoenix. Yeah. Maybe there's like another, I feel like there's another, because there's three teams, isn't they? Spoiler alert. So I was thinking there was another um, cover to go. Okay, could be, yeah. Could be. Dude. So I, I really like uh, the apocalypse as well. And I thought it was interesting that the X-Men gold was bluish and the X-Men blue was goldish. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's really interesting, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like... Screw Mojo, give me some apocalypse stuff. That's what exactly. I was thinking. Exactly. But does he always have a big A on the neck and the belt? I don't care. Okay. I want him with a big A on the <laughs> neck and the belt. <laughs> Maybe just the way he's and hunched he... over, it looks so close together. <laughs> like... All right. his, tiny, his tiny ankles, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm. One strategically placed shot to the ankles would just cripple him. Right? And Beast, <laughs> Beast is right there. Just grab him. Yeah. I, and I, I generally quite like the fact that it's Rachel and Jean facing their legacy, which is the Phoenix. Yeah. Um, on the other front cover, I thought that was quite a nice touch. Yeah. And as always, the Storm and everyone else are just in the background because they're not important. Um, right. Now, if you want to read about Storm, you got to go to Black Panther. But I was surprised to see Kitty is, is literally on my X Men Blue is literally just above the barcode. I was like, why isn't she? How is she not like at the front doing everything like she's supposed to? <laughs> right. Um. She's the boss in this, these two books. So yeah, that is kind of yeah. weird. Um. All right, well, Dan, how does our little Oh No Mojo story start off? Well, <clears throat> it starts off with a page where... Um, are we, do you want me to, to give it its credits? Yeah, Let's yeah, start. probably should. Um, it's written by that person. <laughs> um, 
Mark Guggenheim. He, shouldn't, he should not be named. <laughs> Artist by uh, Mike Mayhew, uh, colorist Rain Burrito, uh, Larry Beasties, Cody, Corey, there, Corey Petit, uh, cover artist Arthur Adams. Yes, who indeed? Envious Stackwald. And apparently there's various, various variant covers, which I never saw any of them. And a lenticular cover, which also didn't see. So. I didn't see it either. Hey, I just want to get a, a, a clean a clean cut. Can you say rain burrito again? <laughs> rain burrito. There you go. Yes. All right. Yeah. Got it. I got hungry. I'm like, I want a burrito. Got it clean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. <sighs> and so we open so up I'm to like... Gross Mojo. And... Yes. Apologies in advance if I cough and split. I've had a little bit of a cold. Uh-oh. So... I'll cough right now before I start. <laughs> right, there we go. Right. <laughs> so, we have Mojo. He's not happy. And his Mojo Dojo friend um, is also not happy. And after the um, slitting of the throat of his one of his many workers, he's decided to uh, basically do what he always does, which is go back to Formula and use the X-Men as a rating, ratings boost, which then cuts us straight to... Um, a baseball match. Because how else are we going to get these te- two teams together than a baseball match? And so we have a mixture of, <laughs> of course, Kitty's in charge. I just realised Kitty's in charge of everything, <laughs> even the baseball match. And um, so they're having fun, as you do. Uh, Wolverine uh, meets his son from another universe, and that's all fun. And is it? You know, everyone's just. Well, they're as unimpressed as we are, so we might as well just move on. Um, <laughs> but everyone's happy until giant pencils <laughs> come from the sky. Uh, they're made of gold, and you could be—you could actually argue that it's apocalypse that's invading uh, from the iconography, but it's not. And and uh, I couldn't tell if that was Hank or Peter talking. At the bottom panel of, like the page where there's a giant golden pillar of death. It's a math um, award. Because one thing I did notice is that is that Pete has a weird body shape in in this issue. Yes, yes he does. Um, and so all the X Men are like, "Oh yay, time to go save the world." They even bring uh, newly minted Bloodstorm, who no one asks why there's another storm stood there. They're just like, "Let's go." And they decide to relegate poor old uh, battle-hardened um, Rockslide and Anol and other useful X-Men like Dust, who have all been in combat before. But you know, this is this is Guggenheim, so they're all still children mm-hmm. and can't possibly help in any way, shape, or form. Um, and so they arrive into in uh, oh yeah, sorry, they separate into many teams. We have Team One, uh, which is Team Kitty, which is Bloodstorm. Or should I say Team Ass? That shot is just full of ass. <laughs> um, but it is Young Scott, Kitty, Rachel, because I refuse to call her the other thing, and Bloodstorm. And Rachel with her new giga telepathic powers. I feel like she's evolving like a Pokemon um, <laughs> in every issue. She um, lights up her eyes and weird. Then we move on to uh, Team 2 with oddly... Malformed Colossus, Mini Jean, Mini Wolverine, Mini Beast, and Nightcrawler. 
And then <laughs> I just realized Dustin Rock's like just putting their hands up to stop the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> I just weird. did too. And Sam's or <laughs> Dust is down there like, ooh, oh, I guess. And then Anol <laughs> Hey, why is why is Anol back to like puny Anol? Do we ever do we have an explanation for that? No, I thought his arm was still quite like I thought he was quite uh, who knows. Okay. Um Forget and I then asked. we go to Times <laughs> then we go to Times Square with Team Old Man Dust Jacket, um Storm <laughs> stopped for his uniform. <laughs> yep. <laughs> young young Bobby and Flame Bird. I mean Angel. Um and for some reason Danny Moonstar full Valkyrie gear. Oh, I was uh, <laughs> Is is running around? Yeah, let, let's not bring not let's, let, let's not bring the Valkyrie to help us. Um, and Anola is also running around with a weird hand, but that could just be because of his mutation. Who knows? And then all of a sudden, there's a force field, and it's pink. No one could break through it, teleport through it, and of course can't slash slash or punch their way through it. And Everyone's just like, what's going on? And then each individual team realizes their world is transforming around them. Iceman is in Iceman's team. I'm going to call it Iceman's team because he's the only one that sp he speaks first on this panel. So I've, I'm designated this team. Team captain. Um, they're, they're in an Arctic tundra. Nightcrawler and co. in some dark hell world. Oh, look, it's the days of future past. Um, and Jean's, little Jean's team is basically in that one moment where all demons help just so that little Jean, little Jean can uh, wear that horrific right inferno costume. it's inferno yes yeah inferno and then for some unknown reason everyone transforms into new costumes Storm goes full on four and Rachel is her hound and it starts seeming to transform <laughs> she seems to completely change her emotional state and then lots of talking later, uh, Sentinels arrive, everyone panics, and it's just fight, 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 and we have Mojo all happy, and he's happy because it's legacy, and he talks to everyone, his eyes literally popping out of his skull at one point, um, and he's just monologuing all the way to the end, because this is going to be the dum tish uncanny. Mm. Mm -hmm. I yeah. tried my hardest to uh, make it as short as possible. There you I go. appreciate that. Yeah. So, but you did skip over the best line where Old Man Logan says, yes. so you're saying someone's trying to kill us with nostalgia? I don't think Guggenheim's in on the joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he feels like he's being metatextual and addressing criticism, but really he's just saying, I'm not trying. <laughs> It's like self-parody without realizing that you're the butt of the joke. It's really, yes. it's like like meta to another degree. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because even, cause, uh, to go back where, where old man Logan meets little, little boy James, um, I feel like he was trying really hard for that to be like funny. Like, oh, look, they're the same. They're gruff. They don't talk. But it just felt so... Everything, everything everyone says feels so cardboard to me. Yes. When B says stars and garters, it's like the most, well, well, just after what he's been through, being a demon, he's literally been transformed back into the demon form, and he's just like, stars and garters. Right. It's like, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of stars and garters, read the last Uncanny Avengers issue. It's much better than this. <laughs> mm. I love that issue. 
Great issue. Best best B story in a long time. I was telling Georgie. I, no, we're not getting sidetracked about good comics. Okay. We will talk All about right. X-Men. And we're staying here. All right. Yeah. How do y'all feel about Mike Mayhew's art? I've seen a lot of a lot of talk online about how this is a big step up for the book. Do we agree? There are moments where I'm like, oh, this is like like some PlayStation plasticky level character <laughs> design. <laughs> and for a second I was like, okay, I kinda like it better. And then I'm like, well, I don't actually I don't know anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm conflicted. I think it's hideous unless he's drawing female faces. Yeah. I think I think there was a Visually, I can't even remember what X Men Gold looked like last last time he read it. To be honest, but visually, mm. if this is a step up, what the f- what the hell was it last time? <laughs> because I find this, I know Mojo warped, um, so I kind of give him some artistic leeway, even though his proportion it's proportions. It's almost as if the, uh, he doesn't, he's not consistent, and Colossus looks an absolute mess. Yeah, throughout. Like, yes, it does. The males seem to have, like, he has issues drawing male body, the male body, and I find that the action just doesn't right. sort of work at all. And the only thing that really works is female faces, literally. No, 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 just, that's it. Those those are the PlayStation, like, character designs. They're like, wait a second, that looks kind of... <laughs> that's going like Final Fantasy, doesn't it? Uh, look yeah, at... no, it, it does. Especially like Rachel's face. Um, yeah. When she first turns into the hound and we get those close ups, it looks so. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, you're dead on. Right. So there's a page where um, Team Iceman is turned into their sort of forms. And that look, that panel of Team, Ice, Team Iceman is, is just all over the place. And then literally oh, yeah. two, panel, two panels down, Rachel's face is perfectly good. Yes. Yeah. It's it's it just it's so inconsistent. It looks I, like I, a different artist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it just it just doesn't make like the, what is right. So there's another panel. Um, I'm just going to highlight panels now because I think it's the art that really destroys the comic more than anything else. Um, not saying the rest is perfect. There's a panel where it's uh, Beast, Nightcrawler, and Colossus, and they're stood sort of facing the force field. Um, I'm on my laptop, so I don't know what page this is. And like, Beast looks okay. Nightcrawler is well proportioned. Colossus looks. What is going on? With his yeah. butt? Like, generally, what is going on? Mm. I understand. Like, uh, have we gone to like a smooth skin Colossus now? Like when he's yeah. in that form. Oh, yeah, oh. it's just all shiny. But his shoulder is like all up and weird with his neck. I don't know what's happening. This hair is just weird. And then the page before it, he just looks. It just. Uh, Do y'all remember so- Wizard Magazine? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you remember in the, you know, back when we only could dream of comic book movies before mm-hmm. they actually happened. Um, so Wizard, uh, sometime in the early 90s, had like a fan cast X-Men movie. And all, right. you remember when everyone thought that Arnold Schwarzenegger would be the perfect Colossus? Right. Well, this looks like if Arnold now played Colossus. Ah. <laughs> just a big, kind of used to be buff, but just kind of yeah. pudgy. Um. <laughs> what I find weird is like yeah, earlier part of the story when he's not metal is that Colossus looks like Beast. Yes, they look alike. They look the same. Mm-hmm. And and like, what is wrong with Rockslide's face? Literally. 
You know, have you guys? Yeah. Sorry to do another like side turn here. Um, have you guys ever seen uh, the movie? Uh, uh, the movie about the uh, the killer in San Francisco. Um, Zodiac. What's, sorry, uh, Zodiac. Is it Zodiac. Yeah, the, yeah. Zodiac's one of my favorite movies. I've watched it like numerous times, and uh, they're always like searching to find the killer. And so you follow all the detectives, and they're trying to piece together like the mo of the killer. And they, they mention like he tries to kill these couples, but the men always end up living. Like the killer gets bored and forgets to finish off the men, and that's what I feel happens. This issue, this is so. <laughs> Preoccupied with the women, he doesn't finish the male characters, and so they look all funky. Mike Mayhew, the Zodiac Killer of the X Men. Yeah. <laughs> what is up with Jimmy's hair when him and Elvin Logan are talking? Like, is that supposed to be wind that's doing that? It's wind product. <laughs> you can buy it at Target now. Wind. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> So I also forgot that I, I forgot the previous blue issue. So I I I was like, there's there's two storms. Some big air. There's two storms. This storm and, and two teams. What's happening? <laughs> and then, yeah. I love how no one else cares. <laughs> like no one else seems to mind. Right. Just invite this vampire a ball game. <laughs> we won't invite Jubilee, but we'll invite. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this would have been. I was thinking to myself, this would be a perfect opportunity to encompass all the X-Files. Right. Um, not as like a crossover, but because uh, like Guggenheim before he started Gold was like, oh, my Gold will have different character each week that I'll spoil. I mean, um, mm. and I was just like, this would be perfect. Like the, the like the the whole baseball. You could have had Jubilee there, some of the Gen X kids. Um, you, you could have old Iceman. Would be nice because he lives there. Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> and I thought it'd be it would be it would be nice if it's about legacy. It'd be nice to have a bit more of the cast. I'm not asking for like everyone, but just do we need Storm when you could have just put Jubilee there instead? Mm. <laughs> it, I don't know. Just it's, yeah. yeah. Well, so what did of, you actually think? Speaking of legacy, anyway. we do have those few pages at the end by. Uh... Robbie Thompson and Mark Bagley, which yeah. was very, very rushed. Yeah. Um, just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a boring recap of the of Kitty, really, more than anything else. Um, Have you noticed, though, it's like this one's about Kitty, and you know, uh, the one when we talk about, um, is it about Jean? Mm-hmm. It's Jean's the other one. Um, and I was just like, isn't it called X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold? Wouldn't it be a service just like a just a not focused on character? <laughs> X Men Kitty and X Men Jean, the Mojo crossover. That, yeah, that's what it should be. And that final pose of the cast is so bad. That, that poster is, is so terrible. Ugly. Yeah. Speaking of bad Colossus, I guess this is this this is the, just the day where no one can draw Colossus right. Look at those neck muscles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Say that. <laughs> Slow down when you say that, Georgie. Ooh, look at those neck muscles. That's right. <laughs> Which is going to be in stark contrast when we actually look at the next issue, the X Men Blue. Right. Um, with yeah. with Melina. So let's let's do that. So when we want to grade X Men Gold number thirteen, how low can you go? 
Um, as a as a beginning of of legacy, uh, of start of a new storyline, which involves Mojo salivating mostly, um, and the X Men doing bugger all essentially. Um, I don't think it offers anything. I'm giving it one. All right. Out of six. One out of six for Dan. I'm right there with you. One out of six for me, Georgie. You gotta buck, buck the trend. I feel like one is low. But then mm-hmm. I thought two is so close to three, and three, and three is average. <laughs> I can't give it that. So it's a one, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I just want to say, if there are any people, previous Mojo fans, how how do they feel about this? Because obviously, mm-hmm. all three of us kind of came in with a predisposition to not really want to like the story anyway. Um, so I'm curious how this stacks up for Mojo fans. And people that actually care about Mojo, like whether they have a better experience or not. But, um, Georgie, why don't you take us through X-Men Blue number 13, part two of Oh No Mojo. All right. Oh No Mojo, X-Men Blue number 13. Uh, writer Colin Bunn, artist Jorge Molina, color artist Matt Miller, letterer VCs Joe Caramagna, and cover artist Arthur Adams and Peter Steigerwald. Do we want to go over this cover again, or are we good with covers? No, we're good, I think. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So I, I'll try to be uh, short and sweet on this, um, but all of the different sort of broken-up teams are fighting, and it's being broadcast on every screen in, in, in the country, in the world, and people are in shock. Is this really happening? Is this like the newest like Netflix special? What's going on? <laughs> and but, you know, we're showing the different teams and everyone has their sort of introductions again and Bloodstorm is there and you know, she had a weird like turn in a previous issue where suddenly she beast and you turned it all and then she's in this issue and as they're fighting she is killed and you're like well, what was the point at all of bringing her into this for that scene specifically yeah right. no, it's so dumb no one cares but, you introduce but, a character and then kill her in the next issue right. there's no emotional resonance <laughs> to it at all but it's supposed you to remind you of when Storm died in Days of Future Past in, this, oh, in yeah. the same manner it, 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 uh, yeah. Reminded me, <laughs> Cyclops wasn't there, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, we spent a lot of time with uh, Cyclops actually, and um, the woman who's named after a pretty average Jim Carrey movie, Prestige. Or is that not the Jim Carrey movie? That's a different movie. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a Jim what Jim Carrey movie, movie are you thinking of? There's one where he buys a movie theater that I was thinking of. Oh, the Majestic. Not... The Majestic, yeah. yeah okay. The Prestige is the. Yeah. The Mystique is the, the other magic. Is it's one of the magic that, movies yeah. that came out at the same time. Yeah. Oh. Um, and uh, she's, you know, there's a, a father daughter, will they, won't they sort of vibe going on. <laughs> that, that will they, won't they, you know, have sex, but will they, won't they be a family? Right. Uh, <laughs> Um, and we, just, Are we talking about the book now or the film? 
we get to see some uh, fighting panels of uh, Wolverine's, sorry, Logan's team uh, fighting against the Frost Giants. Um, mm, and nice then we, we see some of the Inferno team where we just got finished with this story, but we're bringing it back again because you guys wanted more of of Evil Beast and Gene is overly sexualized again. Thank you. Um, but at least Colossus doesn't look bad in this issue, no, at least comparatively. No. no, not at all. And we get to have some Nightcrawler talk, and there's some hints of, like, there's a relationship, and aren't you guys invested in this relationship that we spoke about just very briefly in other issues? Uh, meanwhile, all the other heroes in the Marvel Universe are worried, and there's Spider-Man, like, I gotta help, and and there's the champions, and they're like, we're gonna break things, and no one can save them. And I don't... Did you care about tying this into the rest of the world at all? I don't even know who the two robot things are, to be I honest. Yeah, I I'm not sure. I was just like, oh, I'd rather be reading the champions. And um, <laughs> I actually heard the new Spider-Man issue of Dan Slott was actually good, so I was like, oh, maybe I'd be, rather uh, be reading... Stuart Eminent on that book is been home run after home run oh art wise yes yeah. art wise yes um so bringing it back uh, mojo is like how are the ratings and the his his first in command is they're good but not great and mojo's like i need better ratings bring me the wheel could you voice mojo if if they asked for another <laughs> image i would voice mojo i would love that would be fun um so he spins the wheel and Sentinels are attacking, and the Prestige is hurt, but she's not really hurt because she had some magic armor that saved her bacon. And um, then, guess who's here to save the day, guys? We, you know, we were all waiting, we were all waiting, <laughs> and he showed up in all his glory. It's Longshot. Mm-hmm. You're happy? Everyone's happy? Mm-hmm. Is he a viral blogger now? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Yep, they uh, stole. He's stealing the feed a little bit from Mojo, and he's putting himself out on the interwebs, which happened. <laughs> and so long shots there at end of the issue. I don't. But all right, fake so Magneto shows better up. Better than gold. I will say that better than gold. Yes, definitely. On to you. Well, so Mojo's nipples are very heavily featured in the art. Um, I wish I had a little purple squid kid to hold my straw. Um, let's see, what else can I say about this issue? Actually, you know, it's kind of a, it's a good, bad. I was really, really happy to have Jorge Molina back on the book. Yes. Kind of bummed it was this story that he was saving up for. (laughs) Right. Because artwork-wise, cool. this is much better than what we were oh. getting in blue. Yes. My favorite panel is Jimmy getting eviscerated by tiny demons. Yeah, um, that's good. My favorite that's... page was the Frost Giants. Really, oh, that, was, that, great page. Page. Oh. that was a great page. That was a great page. I also, I know you talked about how Scott's not supposed to be in Days of Future Past, but I like how he kind of takes Wolverine's place and has kind of a different stylized kind of bomber jacket. And then right. kind of the steampunk goggles. I thought that was a really cool look. Um, I quite like the symbols with Mojo's face on. Yeah. <laughs> right. I yeah, thought they were quite cool. That was fun. Um, 
Molina's Magneto at the end looks really great. I mean, it's a, it's a nice-looking book. Sure. And as far as Mojo goes, having kind of the wheel of big storylines is uh-huh. not a bad device. Right. Um, but I don't know. And then Longshot, sure, shows up. Uh, he has to. Yeah. <coughs> Mandatory. Yeah. Uh, mandatory always makes me think of a, there's a radio station in Dallas called the Eagle, and they have a mandatory Metallica like every Thursday at 9 p.m. or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, great looking book. Didn't really care about the story, but didn't hate it as much as part one. There's not a whole lot going on story-wise. At least you get some nice action panels and seeing characters looking like how they're supposed to look. Right. It's... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm writing on a two. Kind of want to give it a three for the art. I'll see what you guys can talk me into. Um, George, you want you go first. I, I have to give this one a three just for the artwork alone. Like, the more I'm looking at this, the more I'm really appreciating... Right. Um, all of, of the everything, everyone who's not writing this book is putting into it. <laughs> I I feel like I have to like um, give them their their due credit, so I have to give this a three, but only for the art. All right, I'll go with you, Dan. What are you going to do? I'm I'm just for the I I love the color work in this book. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Like, I love the contrast of the colors between the realms, like mm-hmm. different types of tones of darkness, days of future past, obviously blue for, and the sort of, sort of red and yellow tints of the of the hellscape. I just, and even the little things like Rachel using her powers to lift a um, debris and only her hand is glowing. Um, I, I generally think it looks really beautiful in places. Um, I'm going <sighs> Right, so if I didn't have to look at the words, I'd give yes, it a three. Exactly. Um, I'll give it. I'll give it a low three because I actually have to look at the words. There you go. Because um, because Cullen isn't as on the nose as Guggenheim. Right. Um, well, he's a better. Even writer. though the whole, <laughs> yeah, he's a better writer. Let's be fair. But the whole like Mojo's like the wheel is okay, but the whole giving them presents just. I think he says it about nine times in two panels. <laughs> um, I forgot about that. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know what you're trying to say. It feels like it's trying to say something constantly, but it says nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like when it's about it, like you're at a press conference, like they're at a conference and they're about to say something, and they just everything they say is literally just the same as what you heard like the last day. There's nothing new. So a low free. Okay. And of course, yes. we also have a terrible Robbie Thompson, Mark Bagley summary at the end with terrible is, art again. Yeah. Which apparently... Yeah, because apparently the people of the future were jerks. Yeah. If I can just go back to Uncanny Avengers for a second, because we're going to change format and just talk about that book from now on. They got Daniel Acuna to do the back story on that, and it looked freaking amazing. So... 
Yeah. I don't know why we got yeah. stuck with, with sloppy seconds. And not even Bagley, like, doing good Bagley. I don't know. Right, Gene, look at Gene on the very last page of, again, the team oh, shot. Yes. Uh-huh. It's like, is that Joan Jett? What's going on here? Didn't Bagley draw these characters for quite a few yeah. Yes. issues? So. Yeah, he did. But I also think, isn't Bagley drawing like nearly half of these little... Yes, yeah. No, I, I feel like it's definitely like... a rush job, so I don't don't blame him entirely. Um, no, I, hey, can you turn these out real fast? Okay, sure. Yeah, that's definitely what it was. <laughs> All right, well, so that's Mojo. Um, any closing comments we have to make before we move on? How long do we have to suffer Mojo? Is all I'm asking. I don't know. Maybe four parts, probably, if I had to guess. How much? What's right. the trade? Four or six? I don't know. God. Um, Where are six. We? What numbers are we in the trade? One and two. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have to be longer than two? Um, it can only get better. Is my closing argument? Yeah. Oh yeah, glad to right. have Molina back. That's my argument. That's yeah, agreed. All right. Well, let's move to another story that we've been really excited about. Um, let's talk about the hunt for weapon H or H. If you're from Australia. Um, <laughs> so, Weapon X number nine is The Hunt for Weapon H, part three, written by Greg Pack and Fred Venuente, art by Mark Burstall and Abram Robertson, colors by Frank Diamarna, letters by VC Joe Caramagna. The cover is once again by Skane. Scan. Scan. Scanner Darkly. Um, Scan. Scon, right in the wrath of Scon. Um, yeah. So um, on the cover we have Wolverine and Old Man Logan having a face off, and um, down below them Hulkarine is jumping out of an explosion. You said that wrong. Hulkarine. The Hulk Hulkverine. Don't forget that V. Nope. Won't do it. <laughs> we need the V. I took that V and gave it to my last name. Um. <laughs> You know, what I, you know what actually my favorite part about this cover is? It's a little old school looking. The all new Wolverine joins the hunt for weapon H and like kind of the blast mark around the H. Right. Like, it looks like it should be not on this cover. Like maybe like an old John Byrne cover or... Sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely out of place. But it's a nice little artistic stamp. Uh, other than Too that... Too much of this... Too, too much of this cover is covered up by other stuff. Yes. yes. But to be fair, it's not. It's kind of unremarkable anyway, I thought. Um, it's it's amazing how this guy can routinely turn out these like photorealistic images of, of the characters on the covers. I'd, I'd be interested to know what his process is. Yeah. Yeah, very true. All right, so, I, will, I will say okay. I will say one thing before we move on yeah. about blue and gold is that they've got rid of the triangle. Right. Didn't they? And it's all... Oh, yeah, it's they, it's got, only got because of the joint cover. I promise it'll come back. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, that's good. That's good legacy. <laughs> is this a legacy tie-in then, or is this not no. a legacy tie-in? No, this is not a legacy tie-in. We don't have a Mark Bagley story at the end. 
Which is okay. weird because we actually have two legacy characters in the issue. <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh, is this is this what we talked about? <laughs> Weapon H getting his own book. <laughs> is this the right part of the podcast? I can't believe that joke was <laughs> the joke we made was a reality. It's become a reality. <laughs> they listen. They're listening in. <laughs> We're not serious, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna start stop talking. About like things because I said oh, I need Wolverine back and then he comes back in Legacy and I just, and then I believe it was me that joked that this creature will get a series after this. Right. I'm just, I'm just not going to suggest anything. And you need to say that Excalibur is coming back. Oh, it is. Yes. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Courtesy of Mark Guggenheim. <laughs> you know, in January when we when we review that, um, if I'm not just angry then they've done a good job. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Uh, uh, I may let you guys read that for me. Um. <laughs> but anyway, Weapon X number nine, this team needed a Wolverine, and it got one. And we start off fighting with Sabretooth. Wait. Oh. <laughs> I just saw the Logan FKA Wolverine and realized that means formerly known as. I don't remember Prince using FKA, but maybe he did. I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, so Wolverine fights Sabretooth in the snow just enough to calm him down because that's usually how stabbing Sabretooth works. It makes him really calm and docile. Um, but she kicks him in the face with a nice crack. Uh, the trees look like they're about to hug everybody. Um, and then Sabretooth's like, uh, are you going to help me or not? And Warpath's just kind of leaning on a tree. Um, I did think it was interesting because I kind of think Sabretooth's argument might be a little better here. They don't really flesh out the Wolverine's argument until the end. Then it kind of starts making more sense. But, um, basically Sabretooth wants to kill Weapon H before he can be used to kill someone else. Not even arguing that he's a bad guy, just saying he's out of control, he's being used as a weapon, and he's going to be destruction. But Logan's like, no, I've been used before, bub. we got to save him. <coughs> and Laura takes uh, old Grandpa's side. Um, anyway, we go back to the Eagle Star safe house where Stryker and Dr. Alba find Mr. Clay, Weapon H, and he used non-lethal force. And all this is contributing to Dr. Alba's data. She's just trying to see what he's going to do. We realize that she first kidnapped Mr. Clay back in the day. Um, Wolverine tells Warpath he can't fly. Uh, she went and edited his Wikipedia page and took that power out. <laughs> so, um, so Greg Pat can no longer use it um, but they've determined the safe house and where it's going to be um, we get a great page of when Sabretooth mentions that Weapon H is searching for his past we get a great page of uh, oh, right. old man or not I guess regular Logan and Wolverine escaping from their past or trying to um so I thought that was a great page. Um, I don't know, d- digitally, if y'all got the nice two-page memoriam for Lynn Ween, but it was really cool. Um, nice middle of the book. Um, so we get some more story about Mr. Clay. 
Um, he didn't turn on his troops because he went crazy. He turned on his troops because they went crazy. Oh, it's all different. Yeah, it's all different. Um, I, I love this character now. Yeah, me too. Give him some, Hey, you know what? We should give him his own book. Oh, man. <laughs> Great idea. Busted <laughs> crime. Right. It was actually my favorite panel in the book, besides the part where it looks like Clay and Dr. Alba are going to make out uh, for no reason. Uh, they get really close. Um, but I really, I can, I can see this on film, right? We have this isolated cabin in the snow, and then all these right. Terminator robots like coming out of the snow drift. Like, in my mind, the visualization of that looked great. Um, and it's not a bad page either. Um, but they do, they come out... Uh, you remember that spy droid from Hoth in Empire Strikes Back? Mm-hmm. Well, that's where Dr. Stryker's base is. Um, right. He's inside one of those. Uh, it comes out <laughs> of the snow. And then I'm guessing Alba has a like, kill word or a control switch that she whispers in Clay's ear because he goes from having kind of his own will to really being just her gun. And he comes out and jumps out of the cabin Unfortunately, his claws come out with a snack, which I was disappointed in. Um, but anyway, he jumps out, starts killing robots, then he kills Striker, and then our heroes show up 97 seconds too late. But we get the big reveal. We wondered why Striker was alive. Well, guys, he's a cyborg. It was it was very M Night Shyamalan of him to do <laughs> this. This twist really got me. Shyamalan Ding Dong. Yeah. yeah. I you know, I was actually kind of surprised. I didn't think that's where they were going. Right, right. So. I I remember distinctly just closing my laptop and walking away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Well, so, so I was. There's the one panel after our Weapon H uh, character destroys everything, and he's on his knees hugging the doctor. Very, like, maternal, like mother and son sort of a hug. Yeah. Uh, head against the womb, which I thought was, like, if they're going to have, have this character have his own book, it's an interesting premise for the doctor to have control. Like, the doctor's in control of this weapon, and he's trying to break free. That's an interesting premise to start things off. Now, will it actually be a good book? I highly doubt it. But I just thought, <laughs> okay, you could actually do something interesting with these two characters. Yeah. You could. It's possible. Does Weapon X sell enough to warrant a spin-off? Spin I don't know. Because I'm not saying everything's for, for, for profit at Marvel, but I just... Well, I'll say <laughs> this, Dan. Um... At my local comic shop the other day, the first appearance of Weapon H, you're getting like 35, 40 bucks a pop for that right now. So it's in demand. Oh, why? I don't uh, know. I'm just saying if you look on eBay, they're even higher. But I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> no, nope, I'm done. I'm done. I am done. Thank <laughs> you. Jason, you should stay on top of that and sell your issue when it's peaked. No, I always sell it right after it starts going down. <laughs> I wait. I wait too long. Anytime, uh, anything like that, I always, always a second too late. 
Um, so I'm going to um, I'm going to go ahead and not eat whole crow. I'm going to like chew on the beak a little bit. Um, there's still a few scattered, terrible faces, but I feel like the art in this book, or the artists in particular in this book, have gotten better. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, it's not the end of the world um, when it comes to art. And there's some panels that do really work, mm-hmm. um, for sure. I think it, it's it's what I would consider a very middle-of-the-road superhero comic. Right. Because it, it's, it's in the middle of a storyline. The art's not... The art's kind of perfunctory. It does its job. Uh, and even the... And, and, and the script sort of gets to where it wants to go. And it just... It's like walking on a flat path from one beige wall to another. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's really inoffensive, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But I feel like the book itself has lost all of its charm and wit and everything that kind of sold us on it to begin with. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, with this story... Until he is extracted out of the book and given his own, I don't think Weapon X will be remarkable until it kicks into a different gear. Right. Yeah, very possible. Where's Domino in this book? Jesus. <laughs> you can only have two women. <laughs> they can only have one woman at a time. Obviously. No, you're right. It totally slipped my mind. Yeah. Is she injured? Was she injured? I think so, but... Or no, I She's thought she flew gonna... the ship that collected the injuries. Did know. she Maybe drop she them just... off and then she remember. stayed in the ship? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe she's not in it, so uh, Warpath can have lines this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it was? They're out in the snow. There's no walls to run up the side of. Uh, I you know what? I apologize. I think I used that joke last issue. I gotta, I gotta watch my material right. closer. To be, to be absolutely fair, I thought um, when I flipped through it before I read it, I thought the woman in the um, snow gear, which would ends up being the doctor, and might have been her. Oh, like yeah, going up to it. But then I actually read it, and it's not. Yeah, it's not. Um, <laughs> I. I think I probably enjoyed this a little bit more than you guys, but I guess we'll find out how much. When do you guys want to grade Weapon X number nine? If three is like sort of average to okay, um, I'd give this maybe a high two, just just nearly a three. I just think it's it's kind of just bland. It's it, it's too bland to be given a free so i give it two right it's tough because i don't i feel like it's not a bad book it's very average but as far as my enjoyment i enjoyed blue more than i enjoyed this book uh for the artwork more than anything this is a tough grade i think i'm gonna give it a low three um it's very it's it's fine it's fine book all right I'm I'm right there, not too far from you guys. Um, it's, to me, it's very solidly a three out of six claws. Um, I enjoyed a little bit the interaction between Laura and Sabretooth. Um, 
I think I enjoyed that. And I think the the idea of Stryker being a cyborg and kind of turning on him with the end there, it's kind of interesting. And I don't know. I probably read between the panels. I re- <laughs> I really enjoyed <laughs> the idea of these monsters coming out of the snow and right just I don't know. I just kind of like imagined in my head like what that would look like on on screen and I don't know. But yeah, no, definitely three out of six, but. I felt like the story was a little bit better. Like it's, it feels like it at least kind of has a story again to me a little bit. Like sure. Actually trying to go somewhere with it, whereas I felt like the last couple really felt lacking in overall plot. I feel like we're actually kind of moving back towards having a, a story thread. So I don't know. I think I think it's 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 creeping slowly back in that positive direction for me. But we'll see. Really, the test will be where it goes after after Weapon H. You know, Jason, I agree like almost with everything that you said there. I just think my overall enjoyment of it was just a little slightly underneath your yeah. enjoyment. Yeah, fair enough. But and I think I'm comparing it to its previous state. It's hard. It's hard because when the book started off, it was really, really good, and it's hard to not want that, right? So, I I understand that completely. All right, well, had things not been so helter-skelter, I was going to try to play a little game to see who got to cover Astonishing X-Men number four. Um, I did not get to do any of the research I was going to do for the game. I was going to do some X-Men trivia. (laughs) Uh, So I guess I'll save that for a different episode. So we'll just kind of... Hey, Max. (laughs) We'll just kind of tear through Astonishing X-Men number four. Um... I'll kind of start us off, and we can go around Robin, I guess. How does that sound? Um, okay. This is Life of X, Part 4, uh, written by Charles Soule. Uh, this time, in our rotating all-star pencils, we have uh, Carlos Pacheco, uh, inked by Rafael Fontaris, colors by Rain Barreto, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and the cover is by Pacheco, Fontaris, and Woodard. Um, okay, cover, we basically have Game of Thrones Mystique on a throne of skulls, drinking a glass of wine. I think the throne looks pretty cool. I like the, kind of the dark black-gray background. Um, what do you guys think of the cover? Yeah, I think the cover may be one of my favorite pieces of art from the book, actually. I really like this. It, it is much better than the insides. <laughs> sure no i really like it i do it kind of encapsulates mystique to me um in a own way king of king of our own kingdom yeah yeah this would be good for a mystique solo series but um that's happened before right i'm not just making that up yeah yeah, baron k vaughn oh yeah Uh, that's right it was actually really good until it was not baron k vaughn anymore I can see how that could happen. <laughs> All right. All right. So remember, we went to the Shadow King world, and then Old Man Logan came back, but he's Dark Man or Old Man Dark Logan. Oh. <laughs> I like Dark Man Logan. Dark Man Logan. <laughs> Don't say out loud too long. That'll be another bloody right? series. Right. Yeah. Was Dark Man the good movie? I liked Dark Man. That's yeah. Right. I think I like that one. I get some of those confused. Because Dark Man, no, Dark Man was okay, but I'm thinking of Dark City. I really like Dark City. Um, anyway. Dark City is good as well. Yeah. 
right, cool. Well, I'm glad we got that settled. Um, <laughs> so I actually really like this opening page um, where he talks about, uh, you know, Logan's back. He's about to kill all these people. Angel has a chance, but he can't use it. Bishop has no chance, but he'll still try. Cyglock could stop him, but she's using all her power. Bad for her. Uh, it's kind of, I thought it was kind of a clever first page. Um, then we roll in, so we have Old Man Logan attacking his teammates. He's going after Bishop. Professor X, his essence, reaches out to Psylocke. She doesn't trust him, but he says, There's no time for questions. Listen to me, woman. Um, oh, just like Xavier Wood says. Yes, 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 just yes. like he would. Soul nailed Xavier. Um, I love in this big splash page we have this like evil looking Patrick Stewart at the bottom right corner like <laughs> like yelling at him. Um, I remember is I believe um, God this is going after onslaught sometimes but um, didn't Pacheco do uh, the story after onslaught where they say goodbye to Xavier and it's found out that he's an absolute asshole possibly and his Xavier there is almost a because that's all it reminds me of. That's why I go straight back to it. Because it reminds me of the way he drew, drew him then. Oh. And so I was like, ah. But anyway. Yeah. So then Psylocke decides she's going to listen to Angry Professor X. Um, we're going to have a tear in Logan's jeans so we can get a little peek of his old man thigh. And then um, Logan is going to strike at Psylocke, but she pulls out her TK katana. And fights back. And she says he's too slow and too old. And he says, I'm not old, bub. I'm eternal. It's actually a great looking little panel, I thought, with him screaming. Um, he slashes her leg. Um, Psylocke says, you want my power, Shadow King? You can have it. And she throws Logan out of the building. And then we get our title card. Um <laughs> So, it's a good thing it's a double page title card like this. So we really needed this <laughs> giant logo. Right. <laughs> yeah. Those interesting... Most artists have a nice, you know, action splash page, you know, double double right. page. But no. <laughs> this guy is revolutionary. He used <laughs> splash page for the logo. I imagine that's Mrs. Uh, uh, um I imagine that's him. So you can I have a because it'd be like, I can imagine in the com- the conversation just saying, it would be like like a te- the bit the first bit's like a teaser, and then the big double splash page is like the credits, and right. then yeah, no, it is. It, I was about to, you took the words right out of my mouth. This felt like either a movie or a TV episode. Like he had this opening action scene, and then right. the credits opening credits run, and then we get to the boring conversation. <laughs> Like, right out of uh, ABC. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have Mystique and Phantom X talking about stuff. Mystique changing oh, clothes. As I like to call him in this book, the two characters he doesn't know what to do with. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I love... So, I didn't know... I mean, I guess it makes sense. But Bishop Falling is able to take... Kinetic energy from the fall and turn it back. I stopped trying to figure out how his powers worked. Okay. When he was first. Uh, <laughs> next, t- next time you guys record in a comics podcast, I need you to ask Jack since he's uh, the physicist if this 
Does falling in and of itself count as kinetic energy? Right. Well, I, su- I suppose it would, wouldn't I, it? Yeah, I guess it, it does. Kinetic I'm, energy is I'm no scientist. I'm just an unfrozen caveman. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, he does and makes a soft landing. and Like a feather. Like a feather, which I didn't like. Well, actually, I think it's just a fallen leaf. I thought that was kind of yeah. lame. But I do like this part because he holds his fist up and uses his power and says he could do the same trick for Logan. He could or he could not. I actually kind of like that. And he lets Logan fall. And I understand healing factor. But he falls off of his skyscraper into the ground and immediately crawls out. And isn't he supposed to be like he's older so his healing factor isn't as good as it used to be? Yes, that is correct. And also, Bishop says, I know you're going to heal, but it's going to take you a while. <laughs> but then he crawls out of this crater in one piece. Yeah. Um, then the helicopter shoots him down, and then we go to the hot tub on the astral plane um, where Rogue and Gambit are able to touch. But Rogue doesn't want to because she's tired of the seesaw of Rogue and Gambit, and no one's told her yet they're getting their own book together. Please tell... We, we're not covering that book. Probably not, but it is Kelly Thompson, isn't it? Who's writing Hawkeye, so... Oh, okay. Isn't it? Did I read that wrong? I think it is. No, it is, it is Kelly Thompson. Okay, yeah. well, that's... that's. I might have to rethink my position on this then. Right. Is it a mini... I was trying to ask this question. Is it a miniseries? Or I is believe it so. I believe, it's, I believe it's an open-ended miniseries that they... <laughs> They're going to be indeterminate about how long it goes. <laughs> As Marvel likes to do sometimes. So Angel's like, you gotta let me get down there and save you from old man Logan. And he jumps and just like Chuck Norris and Walker, Texas Ranger, takes out a helicopter. Um, I don't. They're really going crazy with Wolverine's powers because he's jumping from this bus so like 30 feet in the air uh-huh. onto this helicopter. Yeah, like he's he's almost like Superman here. His powers just like suddenly manifest. <laughs> right, I do like the panel where Angel tackles him, and after he flies away, there's just feathers floating in the air. I thought oh, that yeah. was kind of cool. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny that they land in a like a department store, and Logan gets up, and there's like a dress on him. I thought that was funny. Um, so then Professor X calls everyone together in their underwear. And except for Gambit, because he says, oh, I lost Gambit. And Gambit wakes up, and he's dark Gambit. To be continued. Professor mm-hmm. X is such a jerk. Right. I'm oh, sorry, Rogue. Even I tried. when he's dead. I doubt he f***ed he tried. He's probably like, no. <laughs> no, I, I never cared for Gambit. No, he's not, he's not legacy enough for me. I'll, um... <laughs> yeah, we need an all-new Gambit. We need, like, a younger... Yeah. Pressure, yeah. Gambit. That's what he's thinking. He's also <laughs> thinking that this this is a twelve. As we found out, this is a twelve part story, so we really need to flesh flesh out a bit. Is it really a twelve part story? Yes, at mm. NYCC it was announced that this is going to be oh, a twelve part story. God, that that oh, I don't know if it's in like two acts because obviously this is Act One, uh. um, but it's going to be 12, 12 issues long, and it's. 
spoiler warning. I think it is. I think it's Life of X, and the second part, I, the second six, I think is Man of X or something like that. Yep, and it's all about Professor Xavier's return. Mm-hmm. Because you demanded it, somebody. <laughs> somebody out there, I guess, demanded it. Um, well, it feels like they're moving all the p- chess pieces around so that they can have a book that says Uncanny X-Men and has Xavier, Normal Gene, and Wolverine in it. Mm-hmm. Oh. But, not, but not Cyclops. Not yet. No, never Give Cyclops. him some time. Give him some time. No, he, he's, still, he's still the equivalent, according to what he didn't do, he's still the equivalent of Hitler in the, in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, even in that backup legacy story, they talked about how evil he was. Yeah. It's like, let it go. He didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, so, um, I have a feeling, so th- this was the book I was most interested in us talking about. And I think I'm probably going to break form a little bit. I actually kind of enjoyed this. Um, I thought the art was pretty decent. Didn't care for all the skimpy underwear and swimsuits that felt a little too 90s to me. Like, I like, put Rogue in a swimsuit, but it doesn't have to be like barely vaginal covering like it can yeah that really stuck out like come up on the hips a little bit yeah but yeah but um no i i thought the art was overall pretty decent thought there were a couple of remarkable panels and i and maybe it's just comparing it to the no i'm not going to caveat i i thought it was kind of fun so feel free to disagree Um, sorry, I was just mesmerized by um, going back and looking at the fact that Rogue isn't wearing a color-coordinated swim, baby yeah. suit. Nice. Um, but um, do you know what this reminds me of? Which I think, I don't know if this is a compliment or not. <laughs> it, 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 is to do with, it is to do with the art, but it reminds me of late 90s X-Men. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. Um, it, the stories of a long... Or oh, it will be by the issue 12. <laughs> Can you imagine what we're talking about? <laughs> by issue 12. Um, it's, it's weird. It's like a, it's a, it's a hybrid of like a 90s X-Men comic, but written in a sort of 2000 to 2005 sort of drawn out, decompressed style. And... It looks nice in places, and it, it did make some of it did make me smile. Like I like the first page. I like the fact that Bishop let uh, Logan fall because it just seems like the sort of thing that a once homicidal, time traveling <laughs> man would do. Yeah, I um, really love that moment of the book. Like you mentioned, you both mentioned, I love that mo- that moment. And I I, I quite like um, Rogue's response because Rogue is, do, is doing some really Rogue's been really interesting in Uncanny Avengers yeah. and. They're really. It seems like everyone's got like a sort of don't fuck up rogue sort of sort of memo right around. And I quite like the fact that rogue is all like, do we have to do this again, campaign? <laughs> um, um, I do think it's unfair that Mystique and Phantom X are just there for the ride, but at least they have dialogue. At least they're not Storm and Gold. Right. Um, but I still don't think it has anything for me. As a book, it just is there. It's sort of fun, but it kind of is really forgettable. Because I totally forgot about all of it until we literally, <laughs> I literally looked through it with you. So, fair enough. Just, 
So, yeah. As far as I go, um, there's there are some reading holes in my comics history. So I didn't read any um, Uncanny X-Force. Uh, so a lot of the Phantom X and Mystique stuff is interesting to me just because I don't know any of the, the backstory. So I'm sort of intrigued to see where that goes a little bit. Um, there are some moments in here that are quite enjoyable. I, I like the the Mystique and Phantom X going on these crazy dates and uh, the Bishop not saving Logan was fun. And um, there are some interesting panels. I love seeing Wolverine get shot up by a helicopter. That was... Uh, I don't dislike the book. I wasn't really enthralled with it. But there are a few moments where I was really... I, I was enjoying myself. What I don't like is I don't need 12 issues of this is how we bring back Professor X. <laughs> like being overly long just to be long is not. It's like uh, when Scott Steiner did year one again or year zero of Batman. He right. had 13 issues. And you're yeah. like, come, just we don't need all of this. <laughs> get, sort of get to the point. So I, I do feel like the art is better than previously was. I was also struck by that rogues, her underwear is just barely hanging on there. (laughs) Uh, What is happening? Um, So I, I feel like overall it's just sort of average for me, but there are a few characters I'm interested to see what happens. I, yeah, I'm actually, we talked about him being, you know, kind of an a-hole, and he definitely was. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by Professor X because we still have the black ash hand. But also, I feel like he gave Gambit to the Shadow King. Sure. And I'm, I want to know why, right? Because, you know, he says, oh, Gambit, I just couldn't save him. But when he pulled Rogue out, like, Gambit's just left sitting in the hot tub like, well, where'd you go? Um... So he obviously hasn't been lost yet at that point. So I feel like there's some kind of like trade going on. And I, I really, it made me really kind of like try to figure out like what, what's Professor X's real motive here. Or I do think that sort of stems from issue one's most interesting idea was, or issue two, sorry, the most interesting concept was the Shadow King and Xavier talking to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and playing like chess with these people's lives. Right. Which is very much what Xavier has always done. Yes. And don't forget, he said he wants to have the chance to kill them. It wasn't, I need to save them. It's like, I'm going to be the one to destroy these people. Right. Mm. True, true. So is it really even Professor X? I mean, these are ideas that aren't expressed in this book. But as readers, we can read into and have more enjoyment, I think. Right. I I must admit that I prefer this issue to, because I really didn't like the last one. Um, if I remember correctly, and I do prefer this issue, and it has a little bit more potential going forward. But I don't. I, this... I want it to be over in two issues, not twenty million or whatever it's going to be. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. I I feel like it. The knowing how long the story is ahead of time diminishes it a little bit for me. But as a single issue. Of all the things that these three books have tried to go for with nostalgia, which X-Men Blue for a while, I think, surpassed that and did something different. But X-Men Gold, definitely nostalgia, and and Blue to an extent 
as it has not been as good lately. But this is the first book of of the three, or the first issue, that felt like nostalgia in a good way. And so, for me, that that improved the book a little bit. That if we have to go down that route, I want it to at least be interesting. I'd probably rather just do something that doesn't rely on that. But if that's what they're doing, and that's what we have to read, then this is a more interesting version of it. Because it felt more like taking elements of what the X-Men were and trying to tell a different story. You know, you can argue about the degrees of success, but this had some of the melodrama. This had some of, you know, kind of the, the suspense and the mystery a little bit to various degrees. And I don't know, it, it, it worked for me more than this series has so far. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's not, this is a snel, this, uh, nostalgia. This is what you wanted, right? Right? It doesn't have that feel to it like gold does. Right. That's That's for sure. All right, well, I have a feeling I'm going to give this book the higher marks of the three of us. Um, so I was going to throw it out there. I'm going to give Astonishing X-Men number four, four out of six claws. So how... All right. Where are you guys going to go? I, as I mentioned, it, it was... I mean, the book was fine. Um, there are moments I like. I, I wasn't blown away by really any part of it. Um, so I'm going to give it, uh, just a three. Sounds good. Mr. Dan. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to join Georgie in a three. I don't think it's like, it was a more fun core X-Men title that I read out of the three of them. Yeah. And it was nice to be reminded of like 90s X-Men sometimes. Yeah. Even if the X-Men's sometimes bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm really interested, assuming I ever get there in the flashback episodes, to, to reread some of that because it feels very wildly up and down in my memory. And I'm I'm interested to see what I feel about it now. But um I guess we'll we'll find out. But hey Ethan, come here. So Ethan read Iceman number six, because uh, he saw Ghost Rider on the cover and wanted to read it. So, ah. so you don't have to give us a plot or anything, but just kind of, why don't you tell us what you liked or didn't like about it? Um, right there in the microphone, if you will. Hi. <laughs> um, hey. I don't really know. There was, I liked it. I guess maybe the disco party in it had, I think the art was weird in it. But. Yeah. Well, did you like Iceman? Kind of. Yeah? You think he's a fun character? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Best comic book person. (laughs) What? Best comic book person? So what do you think? uh, Were you kind of disappointed there wasn't more Ghost Rider? Not really. No? That's what I expected for an Iceman comic. Okay. I did like the little reference, though, when um, they called Ghost Rider on the phone oh uh, yeah they had the, they had both of them they had the right. more recent Ghost Rider under the car right alright cool anything else you want to say he shrugged any questions from Dan or Georgie for Ethan oh no that's that's unfair I'm not going to put him on the spot 
<laughs> I'm his dad. I'm allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he did definitely want to read the book. Well, let me ask you this, Ethan. You can you don't have to come back. But was it good enough that you want to read the next part? Probably. Probably? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, so what what did you guys think of Iceman number six? The champions reunited. And it feels so good. Part one. I felt um, that actually this issue, the artwork, took a little bit of a turn for the worse uh, compared to the books. Um, so I had an issue sometimes telling character faces apart uh, and what was happening. Uh, so that was a little bit disappointing for me. But on the story side and on sort of the characterization side, I, I'm still enjoying this book a lot. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, so this is Robert Gill on this issue who came over from Totally Awesome Hulk. Um, we had some of his art in the, in the crossover um, when we first introduced Weapon H. Um, and our, our old champions are, are reuniting to mourn Black Widow's death from Secret Empire, but then Bobby kind of gets, uh, well, basically gets asked out, right? And goes on a date and brings the champ the old champions along with him. Um, and then there's this prop company that's trying to rebuild a Sentinel, and she says, you know what will be good for publicity? And we have the Sentinels attack the X-Men. Um, <laughs> I thought, I thought the art got better as the book went. Um I did think it was funny uh, when someone called him Silver Surfer. I thought that was right. pretty great. Um, I thought Grace's dialogue, as every issue, was fantastic. Um, but like that last page of Iceman, where Iceman goes, Champion's a symbol. I thought that was a really nice team shot, and Iceman looks really good in that, I thought. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, I think, I think I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the art isn't... It's not bad. Or no. anything, but it, it does get much better throughout. I think um, some of the dialogue is a little sort of... Personally, for me, some of the dialogue between uh, Bobby getting... Um, I just assume... I don't, I've don't. i never been randomly hit on in LA. Um, but some of that dialogue was a bit too much for me. Yeah. But um, I think, on the whole, it, it 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 works like it usually does. So, because I I don't I've never I've never really been to the or, or experienced many gay people in LA. So I, I'm kind of ignorant of the way they, they would chat someone up. So if this is like a, because he's been very realistic in every other sort of issue when mm-hmm. dealing with. So, so if this is sort of like a, a thing that actually happens, then fair play. But I found it a little like, eh. but then I suppose we're supposed to sort of feel uncomfortable because Bobby's kind of feeling uncomfortable about the whole situation. Right. So. I will say L.A. people love to talk. They love to talk and they hate to listen. So having this guy go on and on at, you know, trying to pick a Bobby that sort of fits. <laughs> That's all right then. That's okay. Um, I love um, Hercules Mad. Oh, yeah. Um, he is hilarious. And I want... I want Cinder Grace to do a Hercules book because he's just <laughs> my line color. It vibrates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's really funny. That's like, like the best thing ever. Um, and I kind of think it's cute that he invites 
like, I can see why people maybe, because uh, some people obviously, I think, have misread some of this, and it was like, oh, he was mourning his, 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 his dead friend, but they go out on, a, like, a party date. But I can see why that, that could be, like, misconstrued, but I kind of like the idea that he was just like, why don't we just go party, and can you all be my wingmen? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was quite a nice, like, sort of way to go. There are some great things about L.A. that he gets right, like Ghost Rider trying to find parking, which is ridiculous here, uh, no matter where you go, <laughs> or talking about the travel, or just the look of all the like the, the stores. Nothing's tall. It's all sort of like strip malls and, and little coffee places and you know little shops that aren't really ever going to make it. it. It looks a lot like <laughs> L.A., um, and West LA, there are, uh, there are so many clubs and it, it is really thought of as, you know, the sort of gay center of Los Angeles. So that piece felt real to me. Oh, that's uh, good then. Yeah. Um, I don't know, as, as I, I said, you know, that character talking a lot is very LA. I don't know if that's how a, a gay person would try to hit on someone. Those are the same phrases they would use, well, but. I know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not de- I'm not demanding complete authenticity. <laughs> I just, it's to me the dialogue was just a bit too much. But then, I've just recently watched uh, the British Queer as Folk, and some of that dialogue is way too much. And I live in England, so um, <laughs> um, it's just uh, for dramatic effect. I think the the one thing I do bit stupid is <laughs> the woman that's like, let's just destroy the X Men. The PR, right? But Mojo's doing it, so why not everyone else? <laughs> I love her own car gets destroyed. Well, <laughs> I understand how she got like maybe spare sentinel parts for a sentinel, but on this page where he smashes the car, there's eight sentinels. That's a lot of spare parts for like a little yeah. production company to build eight fully functional sentinels. Um, but true. Anyway, so so we'll see. We'll see what happens with the the reunited champions uh, fighting Sentinels. Uh, so one of our regular Iceman artists, Edgar Salazar, does the uh, legacy story, and it's kind of unremarkable. But I thought that last, you know, where Bagley kind of died in every last page. I thought his last page was amazing. Oh yeah. Yep. Pretty much. So. So uh, good. Any other? So I have a, a question for you guys. Yeah. Um, I know we have our, our other um, ghostwriter uh, who's in L.A., uh, but this Johnny Blaze here, did he lose his power? Is he, has he gotten it back? He Is has them back somehow because they're front and center in the new Spirits of Vengeance book. Right. And I don't know how it happened because I thought the last I saw that he was normal. Right. But I don't know. Well, right, yeah, on the TV show is definitely different. Um, right, but yeah, I no, I thought Blaze was was powerless. But well, but there's a lot Robbie's of weird stuff going demon, on with Ghost Rider. Right? I'm sorry, go ahead, Dan. Robbie's got a, dif- a different demon inside him. Yes. Well, yeah. does he? Because reading Legacy Number One, he suddenly has the pennant stare, which he wasn't supposed to have, and even he's like, "Wow, where did this come from?" Uh, so, well, th- do you know what? Just I. Uh, 
if we can have 50 Spider-Men, we can have two Ghost Riders. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I just meant, I think there's something, I think there's something going on with the Ghost Rider mythos that hasn't been explained or revealed yet. Yeah, that's I suppose all I was if it's in Legacy, it's going to be a, a plot point in some book at some point. Right. So looking at this backup, I really do love the panel of them training in the danger room. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the only part I didn't like is that second page looked a little rough. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the first page and the last page were both fantastic. Agreed. And I do like kind Did of you guys the see the, uh, the fan art. Yes, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Hashtag chillin'. <laughs> I like the icy abs. <laughs> I love that he did it on lined paper. Yeah, yeah. Just he's, he's in the middle of class, like, screw that, I'm going to draw Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, well, what do you guys want to grade Iceman number six? Um, I'm going to go with a nice, enjoyable... Five out of six. Right. I'm going to agree. I think the art brings it down a little bit for me, but I still really love the book. Five. All right. Five out of six claws for me, too. All right. So before we wrap up, um, Georgie had posed a question um, on Twitter to the two of us at one point and, and asked, what? I didn't know. Oh, I did. Sorry, George. Oh, I, I remember this now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. I, I'm springing this on you guys, but I want to have okay. an authentic conversation about it. Um, mm-hmm. And he asked us whether we not particularly enjoying the X-Books right now as much as apparently a lot of other people are, um, whether we wanted them to can sell well or not. Ah, uh, yes. And what does that mean for, like, the X-Men as a whole? Right. Right. Right, that that's a really it's a catch twenty two. It's a Is damned it? if you do, damned <laughs> if you don't kind of situation. Yeah. Because if they don't sell well, um, we might get a change for the better, for the worst. Um, obviously, they've realised they can't replace them with the Inhumans. That's just blown up in their face. Right. Um, so, but would they pare down and have two titles or? Where they just sweep the good titles, like Gene and Iceman, under the carpet with the rest of them and just produce seven variations of Rogue and Gambit. <laughs> um, so not something well could make a change, which could be better or worse. And But at the same time, it could... Because kind of, kind of, Marvel have kind of forced their sales into obscurity, and now they're clawing their way to try and get it, get them back to... So, preeminent franchise mm-hmm. um and if i feel like if the sales do dwindle i don't know what the sales are like it seems like they sell well they must do if they're releasing more xbox um so i feel like if the sales were bad it could be the excuse that some people at marvel have been wanting to be like what they did with the fantastic oh, nah, we'll just have like one book if you know what i mean Mm-hmm. But do I do I want a? The question I suppose I have to ask myself is: Do I want more than one X book? 
<laughs> because if if they sell really well, which they are um, at the moment, does that does that mean we have Guggenheim forever? <laughs> uh, right, exactly. That's the that that mean... troublesome part, right? Yeah, because I what I want them to sell because I don't want these characters to just die. Um, I think they they. St- no matter what people say, I still think they are relevant today. Their message is still relevant and can be applied to many different people. And I think they do deserve to sell, but will Marvel just go, well, we can just publish any old comic with any dude and just keep ramming nostalgia down our throats until (laughs) they all suffocate, suffocate on it. Right. But then if they sell well... They sometimes take risks. Mm-hmm. So, like Peter David's X Factor survived so long because everything else was selling okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's just a, I want to say yes. I do want them to sell well because they may give me a night quality title that isn't garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of. I I see the. Uh the fine edge sword we have with the question because you're right. Bad sales means everything gets punished, even the good books. Um, but good sales means we reward the people that are selling. And I'm pretty sure both the team books are outselling the solo books. So what I would say is, is not that I want X-Men sales to go down, but I would love to see that flip flop. I would love to see the books that I love sell blockbusters but then maybe x-men gold in particular <laughs> doesn't sell so much and and let it really be a criticism on the creative team and not the characters or the stories but that said when it, sometimes when when it seems i'm in the minority maybe i just have to suck it up and say you know what if other people are really enjoying gold then they should be able to have it and it's just not for me. Um, and that's a different question, too. Um, so, yeah, it's a hard one. Uh, I would love to see something happen to where there was a creative change on gold and or maybe, like Dan said, just merging some of the titles together. Um, you know, but I don't know. I mean, for people that are... Because there aren't just people enjoying these books. There are people really, really enjoying these books. And part of me wonders what I'm missing, but you know, I read them and I just don't. It doesn't connect to me that way. And right. so for me, I would rather something happened where, the, where Marvel was forced to put a different writer on some of the books. Um, you know. Well, you, you could argue that we could, we, we, like we have any say. Oh, I do. Um, <laughs> okay. That you could, you could allow um, gold to run its course. Um and sell bucket loads because we may get more Iceman, more Jean Grey, more like we might even get Peter David back on an exile. You know what I mean? Right. It may decide to take more risks. I did not expect a Rogan Gambit slash uh, Logan, right. Logan Legion book to be released at any time soon. And both of them being released in January. And the massive rumor mill is that Gold and Blue are sort of finishing, but becoming an uncanny is coming back. Really? Okay. So, but I feel like um, 
if they do so well, at least we may be able to get books that, that shine really brightly um, under their umbrella. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel. Like, I don't, none of us are really enjoying blue or gold that much. Um, so I would prefer to have someone else take the lead. But, you know, you could look at it as if someone, if they remove these writers now, people are going to have a a fit and the sales are going to go down. So I feel like most writer, comic book writers don't stay that long on a title that (laughs) much anyway, right? If you get 12 issues, you're like, wow, that was a long run. So (laughs) as, as Dan mentioned, just let this, for us anyway, we can just let this play out and hopefully... Sales are continuing to be high and people will be X-Fans. And so when someone else comes in or something new happens with X-Men, then maybe we like a little bit more. The other people, the other fans will, you know, hopefully stick around and, and try that as well. Um, yeah. And partially because, uh, you know, Inhumans has failed so spectacularly on <laughs> different levels now um, that maybe Marvel is looking into, okay, Bring X Men back not just as our um, co- as a comic book series that people want to follow, but they can look at it in the more of the multimedia uh, perspective and, and maybe work something out with Fox where uh, there's a reboot or, or or a change that you know is more in line with how the X Men should be portrayed on screen as well. Yeah, that's true. It should be interesting to see, for sure. How is uh, Marvel set up? Do they have a team up? You know. Denise asked if Marvel has a team. They have different leadership for their different divisions. Right. There's a there's a yeah. a leader of the the movies versus TV, and apparently they're always at odds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, because the reason why I ask is, <clears throat> anytime you print something. There's lead time to print it and ship it, and then there's time to draw it and ink it and whatnot. So when you right. back all these timetables up, I'm just wondering if, like, TV shows or even in what I do, restaurants, you know, we plan out six months in advance. So Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, because what happened was, oh, what's his name? Uh, Pelmulter, who was yes. uh, who's the C. Is he the, still the CEO? Even though he's gone to work in the help in the White House, um, he and uh, uh, Kevin Feige did sort of butt heads all the time, and that's when Disney were like, "Well, we're separating you. Marvel Film is going to be its own entity, and the rest of Marvel will be under uh, Pamela." And it's um, he's the one that he's the reason Fox has had the problem, uh, right? And this is why that now that now they've separated gifted is a isn't gifted a co-production like legion yes which is a co, they were mm-hmm. co-production between them since right. they separated um and the movie goes this is what we're doing disney the overlords go right that's what you're doing comics <laughs> um, <laughs> and and so basically everything does revolve around certain things so like it, it is not a happenstance that when defenders came on netflix uh or we had a defenders comic 
least with that cast of characters, it is all very much planned around around the other media these days, right. as opposed to the comics being the. But that's that isn't to say that they're allowed their own creative freedom. It's just certain things have to be in place when certain things are on our screens, right. essentially. Yeah, I was just wondering because like we have a restaurant, and they're not doing well. And every time they fire their CMO and hire a new one, the new one always goes, okay, now we're going to go in a whole new direction. So this core brand over the past two years has gone in literally four or five different directions. Which well, um, surprising sorry, why they're not doing well because there's no consistency. So I'm just wondering, like, if it goes across platforms, like, does that the same issues that we have in advertising cross over into the comic world? Well, um, clearly, they can't push Inhumans on any medium, so that, <laughs> that's definitely. <laughs> it. But I, I, I think um, since Paul has gone to help uh, in the White House, because I think he's been offered a job at the White House. Like I have no job. idea. I've not heard know. anything about this. I don't know. Because um, he, 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 he works, because he's a good friend with uh, good Trump. old Trump, isn't he? Yeah. And um, he's been like an advisor or something. Hmm. And I don't know if he's been offered a job or not, but since he's gone, he's got a bit more hands off. And as soon as his, his little hands got t- taken off the reins, we have the FF coming back essentially. Right. Wolverine is allowed to um, <laughs> exist as normal Wolverine. Gene is being resurrected. The X Men have an entire line of books. So there's definitely massive creative changes depending on who is is in charge. Because when part when of that there, is still leaving, but the other thing is. In humans and the sales aren't doing well for these books. Yeah. So, like, okay, what's sold before? Let's bring back this other property that was sort of dormant. So, it's part of it is necessity. Like, these books aren't selling. All right, cancel them and bring these other things back that could sell. Because it, it and it also well and it also kind of goes with the whole when they used to be together, the film and the rest of it, mm-hmm. where, the, where the comic was really quite adamant that. Uh, film-esque versions were in the comics now and since they're split they seem to be less um, more fluid with how they you know promote stuff yes we're going to get a little Black Panther books when Black Panther comes out but um, they're still a bit more sort of everyone's going to sort of start looking like they should as opposed to the movies and we're going to tell stories that are slightly more like I thought it was great that in Marvel was just like we're going to replace all of the people that are in movies with with completely different characters, <laughs> just have the same. Because <laughs> we can tell stories we want to tell without murdering everyone. But right. what do I know? Yeah. Anyway, good. I thought that was I thought that was a good question, Georgie. So I definitely wanted to to broach it on air, yeah, if you will. Good discussion. So, yeah. All right. Well, probably ought to wrap up there. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do some more Oh No Mojo next time, I guess. Um. <laughs> I, I generally thought I generally thought that's what it was called. It's like <laughs> looking at the front cover. If I, I like, say it enough no times, mojo. it'll be true. <laughs> it's a better title than what it is. What is it, Mojo Worldwide? Mojo Worldwide. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Well, Georgie, where can people find you, sir? Um, you can find me on Twitter at LA Boy Toy. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right. And Dan, what about you, sir? Well, you can find me on here, I suppose. So <laughs> just, just, just uh, keep listening. Listen to old, old episodes, and then you'll find out 
where you can find me. There you go. There's a mystery box. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're a first-time listener, go 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 listen to the uh, the previous yes. uh, installment. Well, I would recommend they go back listen to our X Babies issue. The X Babies. Secret yeah. Wars. When, when Secret Wars. That Secret yeah. Wars was pretty epic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's one of my highest downloaded episodes as well. Or two episodes. Secret Wars. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun listen. Yeah. That, was, that was back when the podcast was in its prime. <laughs> I just I just remember it being um, fun and long. Yes. <laughs> fun and long, yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> I was literally at the gym listening to you guys laughing. It was dangerous. Like I had like weights above my head, and I was like giggling, and it was like, uh-oh, I'm going to drop this and kill myself. <laughs> The podcast that goes snicked, killing gym goers since 2010. <laughs> or what? No, 2012. 12, that's when I started. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, as usual, you can, uh, for the podcast that goes snicked, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. Um, website is snickcast.podbean.com. And Dan might not want to say it, but go listen to the Intercomics podcast. It's another. <laughs> Fantastic show that is worth your time. So, well, awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much. I know today ended up being a little wheels off and and frustrating for some behind-the-scenes reasons, but I appreciate you guys toughing it out with me. We actually got to have a pretty decent episode. So, As far as time-wise, much more than decent in content. (laughs) I didn't mean for that to sound like a slam. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just we had a decent chunk of time that I was not expecting and a great episode as usual uh, a lot know, of fun I love talking to you guys about X-Men Always. and comics and you know carving out some time to just kind of chit chat about the stuff we love so thanks as always for coming on and um, we will talk again soon so, alrighty until next time everybody hugs and snicks bye 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 and snapped.